What's up, everybody? Welcome back to High and Sightless, the nonstop podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head. But mostly role-playing games, because sometimes you just need a little help from your friends. I know I said that my next episode was going to be uh, featuring the calls about party balance and niche protection. And maybe I'll put them in here because they kind of do fit. Uh, yeah, I will put them in here. I'm an idiot. <laughs> anyway, so I, I do have, uh, I'm releasing an episode right away because I do have sort of, uh, I want some feedback from the crew. And here's the situation. I finally heard back from the player who is playing the sorcerer who did not like playing the sorcerer uh, and had a good conversation with him about what he's playing. And so he's going to be playing a paladin with a reach weapon, a pole arm, and he's going to um, get into tripping and stuff like that. And so my original concept for the Magus was also going to center around tripping. And now I'm going to completely scrap that because since this player didn't really enjoy playing his last character that well, I don't want to steal any thunder or you know, step on his toes at all. If he's going to be tripping people, I don't want to also be tripping people, you know? So now I'm thinking I could just rebuild the Magus a little bit, not much, and not focus around tripping and worry more about, I don't know, whatever, dealing damage and just being a fightery magic user without doing combat maneuvers and stuff. Or... I could go the complete other route and go barbarian or I've also been looking at clerics. So that's my problem. (laughs) Okay. So here for uh, context right now with all the new characters, not counting me, it sounds like the party is going to be a rogue, a paladin and a wizard. What do you think fits in there well? So I I'm I would enjoy playing. I've never played a barbarian. I would enjoy playing a barbarian. I always enjoy playing clerics and magus magi are just cool AF, right? So what do what do you all think? You know, what fits in best? I know no party needs a cleric, but you can't you can't convince me that a party can't benefit from having a cleric around. And with Pathfinder, it, you know, and with older editions of D&D, as you guys all know, clerics, they can fight, you know, they can scrap a little bit. So it's not like he'd be on the back lines with the wizard casting spells. He would be a much more fightery cleric. I was looking at, I was looking through the list of Pathfinder deities and I came across Fiona, the fairy flame. Uh, and she grants the domains of I would choose fire and liberation. And so I'd have access to some sweet spells. But her favorite weapon is the bastard sword, which is a pretty dope weapon in Pathfinder. If you take a feat, you can even use it one handed. It does a D10 damage. It crits on a 19 or 20, not just 19. Uh, and it's it's a pretty, pretty solid weapon. So if I went with Fiona, I'd have a cool weapon I could use. Uh, I could cast shit like Fireball, which is always nice. Plus, I would also choose the Liberation Domain from her, so I could, you know, help my friends escape 
shitty situations and get rid of bad bad magic because at this level we're seventh level now and the bad guys start casting nasty nasty spells so having a cleric around to get rid of some of those spells is pretty nice now granted i have no idea what sort of wizard the other guy is going to play there are a lot of different ways you can go with a wizard you can go with a buffing wizard uh you know a blaster wizard uh utilitarian wizard a debuffing wizard so i have no idea i have no idea what they're gonna do but that's that's my quandary the game is this coming thursday at time of recording um what is that that's march 10th at like five o'clock so if you have any thoughts let me know let's let's yeah because i like i said i'm i don't know what i'm gonna do i put out a vote to the group i on Discord, I'm having them vote by emoji. It's a wizard emoji for the Magus, sword emoji for the Barbarian, church emoji for <laughs> for the Cleric. Let me know what you guys think. What would you do if you were joining a group that had a rogue, a wizard, and a paladin? What would you play uh, between a Cleric, Barbarian, or Magus, which is just fighter magic user? Let me know. All right, let's get into some calls. First off, we're going to start with BJ, who named the Magus. So, you know, the Magus is the only one with a name so far. So here we go. Joe, you should totally play that Magus, Magus character and name her Vegas. So she would be Vegas the Magus. You're welcome. <laughs> BJ, dude. You're killing it with the names, man. You got Skinner, and now you got Vegas the Vegas, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. So, as a little homage to my biblical inspiration, if I do go with the Vegas, I think I think she's going to be female, uh, and I think I'm going to name her Simone Vegas the Vegas. Because <laughs> that just makes me happy, dude. It makes me very, very happy. Anyway, we're going to hear more from BJ later on talking about uh, party balance and niche protection and stuff. But up next, we got a call from John Allen Large talking about my Magus idea. He's got some awesome thoughts. So, BJ, thanks for the call. John, take it away. All right, dude, it's John here. Um, with regards to your Magus episode, and you're talking about whether it's uh, stepping on someone else's toes as playing a wizard if you play an elf. I think, to be honest, I, well, I can see what you're saying. I think with spellcasters, you've got a little bit more leeway because obviously, you know, you could chat to the other guy, make sure you're both not taking the same spells. So in a way, you just effectively make sure you've got like extra magic coverage. Now, yeah, you could go completely different and play a completely different spellcaster. But I think as long as you're not both playing like a wizard with exactly the same spells, you're pretty good, to be honest. So I'd just have a, have a bit of a cheeky word with them and say, oh, what spells are you thinking about? Oh, these are what I'm going. Coordinate between yourselves and you're laughing, pretty much. And like you say, elves are a bit more martially inclined anyway. So maybe you want to focus a bit more on defense or offensive spells and you can take some other stuff. Whatever the two of you decide between you. Anyway, I'm going to get back to the episode, dude. Take it easy. Those are some great thoughts, John. Those are some great thoughts, man. You know, they make me lean towards playing the Magus. So, I don't know, because you're totally right. You know, as long as we prepare different spells and know different spells in our spell books, we should be fine. Uh, and the one 
another benefit to it is uh, because we both do have spell books, we can, you know, copy each other's spell books. So <laughs> we get a bunch of free spells as long as we have the downtime to do it, because there is a time and cost requirement in order to do that in Pathfinder, as I'm sure with most other games. Um, so, yeah, that, you know, I'm taking that as a tacit vote for the Magus, even though it isn't. <laughs> but, yeah, John, thanks so much. All right, let's let's get into a more general discussion on party balance and stuff, since it's just so much on my brain these past couple days, you know. Thief, Paladin, Wizard, what do I play? What do I play? But So let's talk about party balance first, and then we'll talk uh, more about uh, party balance as compared to niche protection next. So, BJ, uh, the Arcane Alienist, what's party balance and does it suck? Hey, Joe, it's BJ. I, I completely understand where you're coming from on this question between niche protection and party balance. I've, I've had that same reaction when I've heard people particularly be dismissive of Pathfinder and, and, and D&D 5e and the stuff like with the skills. Well, you know, if anybody can heal or perform, you know, restore hit points to someone with a, with a medicine check, or if anybody can sneak around and pick a lock with a thievery check, you know, what, what's the point of those classes? And well, the, the point is that means that you're not obliged to have someone play that class, that, that people can play the class they want to play and then fill in the, the blank spots in the party's skill set with, with their skills. Um, but then the same people who are like, well, that just completely violates niche protection. Sometimes we'll say you don't need a party balance, play whatever you want to play. Well, you know, a lot of the, the old school modules will say, we recommend that you have a cleric and or a thief or someone like that to do well on this module. So even the, the, uh, the people who wrote those old TSR modules sometimes would be like, you know, you kind of need a certain party balance to, to do well in this adventure. And that, of course, implies you're going to play that adventure of course if a dm is making their own adventure they don't they don't have to write it in such a way that you know if there's no cleric in the party don't put undead in, in the encounter if, if there's no thief in the party don't put a lot of traps and hazards and things like that in the way but you know i, I think at that point you're catering the adventure to the party and the world is responding to the to what's in the party as opposed to just being what it is uh so i, I like the idea i've always liked the idea that there's a an implied need for a for a diverse set of skills and abilities to really be a successful adventuring company in a D&D world. I know 4th edition D&D took a lot of crap from people about explicitly calling that out that that here's the role that fighters and paladins play in a party and here's the role that the characters like rogues and rangers and here's the the role of a, a you know a cleric and here's kind of the role of a, of a wizard or sorcerer and and giving you some guidance as to kind of what role your uh, the different classes would play in a balanced party. Um, I, can't, I couldn't understand why people got so upset about that because they were just making explicit what we'd all, not all of us, I, I, I know that we don't, somebody's going to call in. One, one, one of our Grogdard friends is going to call in and, and take me to task for saying all. But most of us played that way back in the day. We <clears throat> we tried to have a diverse set of characters with, with different skill sets that could have their moments to shine and and uh, you're right, a party of all thieves or a party of all wizards or a party of all one class, uh, eh, you can do it if you put a lot of thought into it, but it's it's not it's the not the, the easy way. Thanks, BJ. Awesome thoughts there, man. So 
let's start off with fourth edition. I never played much fourth edition, but I played it some. And I'll tell you what, you know, you're you're wondering why it got so much pushback for labeling the jobs of each class is the way they did. And for me, what really annoyed me about it is they used video game terms. They used terms from MMO to define what these classes do. And that, that just rubbed me the wrong way because I think, I mean, I think role-playing games are so much cooler than video games and you can do so much more with them, even though video games today are getting pretty gnarly. But yeah, that's where most of that pushback, at least from me and my friends came from, was like, don't mix your peanut butter with my chocolate. Don't put your video game terms in my role-playing games. But, you know, as far as like older modules and newer adventures being written for parties of certain makeups, yeah, absolutely, man. Like, People were thinking about this stuff all the way back then. This isn't a new concept, even though it gets thrown around as a new concept. The idea of a well-balanced party, a well-put-together party. A well-put-together party is just like a well-put-together sports team, any type of team. Like Having a good team that can all work together and play off each other makes things better. Um, These adventures, especially Pathfinder adventures, are hard. (laughs) They are very hard. And if, you know, your party is all over the place, it makes it harder. If your party is well-balanced and well-put-together, it makes it more efficient, more fun, and easier. Uh, Even though it's still really friggin' hard. (laughs) So, yeah. Thank you for that. Um, Up next, we we got Daniel calling in with a different perspective on party balance and niche protection, but an equally valid perspective. So, Daniel, what's up, man? Hey Joe, Daniel from Ants, keep calling in, finally getting back into listening some pod- to some podcasts, and uh, yours popped up, so yeah, I really think this is an interesting subject. Uh, first of all, I want to say that's pretty awesome that uh, you know, you're really being considerate about other players, like if they felt like they weren't engaged, um, you know, you don't want to kind of step on their toes, so that happens again, That that's really admirable, and uh, I'm sure you didn't say it to get a pat on the back, but that that's pretty cool, I think that um, some of us are happy to play lots of different kinds of characters. So it's certainly a a good option to wait to see what other people who really like certain characters play so that we don't kind of step on their toes, as you said. As far as the question, that'll be another call, I guess. Yeah, thanks, Daniel, man. That means a lot, dude. Uh, It's been a while since we've heard from you, so I appreciate you calling in, dude. That's awesome. And yeah, I appreciate your kind words because I, I mean, I can have fun playing whatever, right? But when there's a player at the table who clearly isn't having fun with their character, it's just like, dude, what can I, what can I do to, <laughs> what can I do to help? You know, I, I tried to keep things positive when he would start bashing his character and how little he could actually do when shit hit the fan. You know, I, I try and, you know, rah, 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 but <laughs> He saw through that shit, dude. It, it was pretty awesome, you know. He's like, yeah, you know, no matter how many, you know, nice things you say, I still didn't do anything that round. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, you tried, though, right? <laughs> but, dude, okay, so since I did ask the question, what is the difference, and I asked people what they thought the difference between party balance and niche protection was, uh and if they thought it was the same thing, let's let's get into that, Daniel. 
uh, define these things for us and let us know. Because, yeah, like you point out, I do think of you as old school. So, yeah, what do you got to say? Okay, so I'll start off by saying that maybe I'm not the best person to answer this, <laughs> even though I think most people would consider me to be old school. I guess I would consider myself that as well. Um, I don't necessarily think that you need to have a balanced party or uh, niche protection. Um, but I also think that if I were to define them, they wouldn't necessarily be the same thing. So I'll start with one, define the second one, and then I'll talk briefly about the differences in my opinion. So balanced party to me means that you've got, let's say you've got four players. You want to make sure that everything's covered, meaning that you've got spell casting, you've got uh, in a modern game, a face man or woman, you've got a, a fighter type, and you've got some kind of magic user, right? That's a balanced party. You can kind of handle a lot of different tasks. Everybody is specialized, right? But they all uh, forming together can handle many, many tasks thrown at them in the way that's very obvious. And when I say obvious, I mean that, you know, oftentimes people, and I see this all the time, people write things like, I'm designing a social encounter, I'm designing a combat encounter. And if you design encounters that way, and many published adventures do, then having a balanced party can be great if the DM's not, or GM's not willing to kind of go off book. That being said, if you don't have a balanced party, you have four thieves, right? Um, you have four magic users. They probably can figure out a way to solve the problem if you're flexible and open to that as a DM and if the module or adventure is written in a way that allows for multiple solutions. The solution is not something very specific, but rather a problem. You know, I, I think that one of the things that I read when I first started getting back into gaming on a blog post was somebody wrote, they don't create uh, solutions, they just create problems and whatever the players do that seems like it should be the right thing that's generally the right thing okay so as far as niche protection and again i'm not big on this so uh, somebody else who's really into it will probably call in and say something different but as i understand it it means that you don't want each of the classes to overlap too much meaning that you don't want a situation where yeah we have all rogues but a rogue is a good fighter a rogue is a good a thief, a rogue is a good magic user, a rogue has healing. That would be niche protection. The rogue can do all of those things. So now we have effectively a balanced party, even if everybody's a rogue, because the rogue does everything because there's no niches. And people like niches, uh, you know, for various reasons, for, for fantasy tropes, etc. So now your party of rogues can solve the problem the same way a balanced party can, because the rogues themselves are not a niche characters. Uh, I guess in summary, if that made, made any sense, if you are not, if you're playing in a game that doesn't have niche protection, so one that a single character, this could be like skill-based games, for instance, uh, a single character can do all the different kind of standard tropey things, then you pretty much always just end up with a balanced party if everybody kind of spreads out their skills, right? Because you get that. So I don't think they are opposite. I kind of think they can work together, but it's not necessarily the style that some people like. Some people like characters to have very specific skill sets, like Liam Neeson, and then you need several of them to solve things the, quote, right way. I personally feel like there should be no right way, and if you run a group of thieves, then they should solve the adventure much different than a group of magic users. There shouldn't be any single way to solve it, so I don't necessarily believe that you need either niche protection or a balance party. Dude, thank you, Daniel. I know you were a little... 
hesitant at first about answering this question, but I think you did an admirable job. Very concise. I get it. Yeah, man. I agree. I don't think you need party balance or niche protection. Although I do think a lot of adventures, pre-written adventures, like generally I run my own, I make up my own shit. Um, But with pre-written adventures, both old and new, like BJ pointed out, it seems that the authors were thinking about a balanced party or niche protection or however you want to look at it. You know, like a lot of those early adventures and a lot of the new adventures are, you know, they'll be filled with a bunch of traps and traps that, you know, only a rogue can disarm and you'll need magic and all that stuff. So yeah, when you're running your own stuff, when I'm running my own stuff, when anybody's running their own stuff, I find it way easier to disregard that aspect of party balance and niche protection. Pardon me. I'm just putting out some, uh, unsalted peanuts still in the shell for my crows uh because i've been doing some research and they really like they really like unsalted peanuts in the shell but i i make sure they see me putting it out and i hear they like kissing noises come here crow buddies there you go anyway dude sorry (laughs) but yeah man you know uh, party balance, niche protection, you, you don't need them. You can absolutely play all these games without them. Uh, but in some of these pre-written adventures, <sighs> it makes it a lot harder if you don't have that. If you don't have a balance party. Again, if you're, you can, damn, that was fast. Nice, they were totally watching me. Hi. Yeah, you're a pretty bird. Um, Yeah, anyway, man, thank you for the calls. I think you nailed it. I think you did a really, really awesome job of defining the difference and talking about them. So, Daniel, it's good to hear from you again, man. I hope everything is going well over there on the East Coast. And, yeah, I hope to hear from you again soon. I just really love crows. That's really what it comes down to. Been watching videos on how to be friends with them. This one dude was telling a story about how every morning on his drive to work, he lived in a rural rural area. Uh, these crows would fly in front of his car every morning. And he's like, what's going on? And he finally figured out that the crows were dropping stuff that they wanted his car to crush. And so he would then go out of his way to make sure like if they if the crows dropped a peanut or something in a bad spot he would swerve to hit the peanut and he's like you'll you'll never hit the bird don't worry about it um which he's totally right anyway like and these birds would just be like dude you're awesome thank you for crushing our peanuts you're the best and they just hang out and everything it rules i will be friends with crows that's 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 my mission in life so yeah i want to <laughs> I want to say thank you so much to all the callers today. Thank you to BJ, the Arcane Alienist, John Allen Large, Media Baron, host of the Red Dice Diaries podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, and his fellow Media Baron, Daniel Norton, 
opposed to the bandits keep media empire um we got podcasts blogs youtube channels actual plays you name it daniel's got it he's got you covered if you want to know what od and d was like how the game actually plays check out some of daniel's actual plays he's running od and d it's pretty fascinating, man. Anyway, thanks so much, dudes. I appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who's sent feedback. I have so many awesome calls I'm going to get to. I got calls from Jason and Darren Green and Carl Rodriguez still left to get to. Plus, more calls coming in. Yeah, let me know what you guys think about, you know, playing a cleric, a barbarian, or a magus in a group that consists of a thief a paladin and a wizard also let me know about you know the decision i made during the game where the player would have been the character would have been killed but i retconned it a little bit and gave him an extra chance to survive because there was a misunderstanding in the rules jason's got a really interesting call in about that because he was at the game right he was at the table virtually when it happened so if you have thoughts on that folks let me know uh that episode's gonna come out anyway thank you all so much stay safe i love you and until next time peace out